0: Welcome to Dawn Patrol, the 30A morning show. Good morning! Presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge. Yeah! <laughs> Online, 38cottages.com. <laughs> This is Mike Ragsdale. I'm with 30A, and I'm a special guest host today. So I'm a special guest host here on 30A Radio, and that's because we have a special guest, someone who I've known almost the entire time I've been here on 30A, and that is Marianne Corey Boat, who is one of the town architects at Alice Beach. And Alice Beach, of course, being this extraordinary community directly on Scenic Highway 30A, And uh, I say one of the town architects because uh, the other half, and I will definitely not say your better half, but the other half, Eric, is not with us today, right?
1: That's correct. He's back in the office.
0: Yeah, so you're a husband and wife team that has uh, uh, somehow become involved with this project really from day one.
1: Correct. From day one. And I think it's no surprise to some people that we thought we were taking this job for a couple of years. We were really excited at the prospect of doing that. And we relocated our family here with our three-and-a-half-year-old at the time. And I was pregnant with baby number two. And um, we have found ourselves starting our 12th year. And we have, it's taken us aback how much we've absolutely loved living here, but certainly how much we've thoroughly enjoyed our job as town architects.
0: Yeah, and so I'm no linguist, but you ain't from around here. Your, your accent, uh, I, I know the story, but for the benefit of our fans, how did you end up, um, where did you come from originally, where were you born?
1: I was born in England. Mm-hmm. And I tend to say we were born in England a lot. Not because I speak in the royal we, but because I have an identical twin sister. Yes. So we were born in England, and we grew up in the Middle East, in Lebanon, in Abu Dhabi, in Jordan, in Saudi Arabia. Um, and somehow, by the time 16 rolled around, France became home for a lot of different reasons. So we were in uh, France for high school and then in uh, for undergraduate studies, and then went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for my graduate studies. And then by... Another very weird story, which is another, I I can tell you that story another time or I can tell you now, but uh, landed in Miami in 1992. And I met Eric there several years later. And Eric was born in Germany, but he's from Connecticut. And uh, we met in Miami and we were married about two years later. He went to Yale to graduate school. I followed and then we started our own architectural practice in Miami in August of 2001, one month before September 11th, which was um, tough, but we made a go at it. And we, after about three years, we had some pretty good clients. We stayed small and very modest, but we heard about the opportunity for this job. and. Interviewed with the position and were lured up here, and no regrets.
0: So I mean, it sounds like we just read the uh, index page of an atlas. You know, I mean, all those. So it's no surprise that when you look around Alice Beach, I mean, some people see Bermuda, some people say see Morocco, some people see Greece. Um, there's clearly a lot of architectural influences here. I mean, is that, is that partly because of, of your world experiences, or is it, was that kind of something that somebody else brought to the table, or is it a little bit of both?
1: Well, the very original design vision was set by Andres Duani and Galina Tacheva of DPZ and Company, the original design team. Um, Andres had the idea from the very beginning that he wanted to have an architecture that was going to be a little bit quieter, a little bit more restrained. Because we were about composing streets, it was very important that the overall effect be one of harmony and coherence and the like. And the typology of the houses was based on the Antiguan Guatemalan courtyard Mm -hmm. type. And so the marriage of these two, although it's a little unusual, tended to work really beautifully here. And uh, we ended up with an architecture that was very sculptural. However, obviously over the Period of the project, working strictly in that language can be a little limiting. Um, and so, slowly, other influences have come to um, uh, take effect at Alice, mm-hmm. and some of them are Moorish, as you have noted, and some of them are drawn from the Mediterranean, from southern Spain, and from. Um, even Lebanon and Egypt, in some areas, and and Italy and Greece, and um, not only our work, but I think the work of other architects that you see here have drawn upon that and have kind of expanded that palette a little bit. And we think ultimately it's made the project richer. There's room, obviously, to uh, you know to work on that. Let's mm-hmm. say it's, I, we see this the the style here is it's going to constantly uh, evolve, but it will i think stay true to its roots and and its roots are going to be you know the masonry and it's going to be the the typology of the courthouse and so anything that we can do that further enhances that i think adds to the richness of the project
0: i think uh... one of the things you touched on was guatemala you know the inspiration for the courtyards now Mm -hmm. seaside was arguably and and really was the first example of new urbanism Mm -hmm. um... and and andres juani obviously played a critical role along with robert davis they specifically had a front porch mm-hmm. that they were trying to force people to get outside of the house and interact with neighbors they correct. they really made a conscious decision not to have private outdoor space correct that is correct so alice beach is at 30 years later is at the other end of the spectrum where really all of the outdoor space is inside the house, or at least the the private outdoor space. Can you tell me kind of what the thinking is there, or why that yeah, evolution I took place? I definitely
1: can, and I think it's, a really, it's very interesting how that evolved. So when Andres Duane was given the opportunity to collaborate for a second time, by the way, with the Stevens family, because his first time was for um, the project in Birmingham, which is Mount Laurel, uh, which he master planned for them in 1997, and they have owned this land for a long time, and when they decided to develop it, DPZ was a natural choice. And so, Andres, seeing this as his third opportunity to master plan a uh, new urbanist community along the Florida panhandle, he started talking to people who were living in Seaside and living in Rosemary Beach. And one of the comments he heard from a lot of people who were finding themselves moving here more on a full time basis, or at least spending a lot more time than they had originally anticipated with houses in Seaside and, and Rosemary. They loved the idea of a shared public civic realm, public areas that you could gather and meet your neighbors and the like, but they were craving more privacy. And so that's how the idea of the courtyard came about mm-hmm. where Andres thought, well, instead of giving everybody their five foot setback, why not take the walls and push them to the edges of the site and use the space that would otherwise be given over to setbacks for a courtyard and make that a public outdoor room. And so that what, that's how the, the concept of courtyard housing came about here and how it evolved. And I think I have found that our owners and guests have come to embrace it. Because on one hand, you can have, you can fling open Zangguan gates and you can participate in the life of the town as much as you want through the parks, the greens, the streets, the amenities, the restaurants, or you can close the gates and retreat 100% to the privacy of your court. And then you can have loggias and terraces that also overlook pedestrian path that may be a little bit more public but the courtyard remains really really private and i think that that's beautiful
0: yeah and i mean um 30a i think you would argue or anyone can plainly see that there is a um an extraordinary attention to to design i mean not just uh, architectural design but town design interior design i mean there there really kind of is something that runs consistent through a lot of the communities here why do you think um robert davis or other leaders like andreas uh, and yourselves you know the traditional thinking is if you got 170 acres like alice beach has which and they've owned the land since the 70s the traditional thinking would be you would just plop up condo towers as tall as you can build them you would put as many eyeballs as you can looking directly at the water that's the traditional way that beach developments always occurred because that's what people come here for ironically on 30a though it's really kind of hard to see the beach unless you're out of a car. You know, I mean, there aren't too many places you can see the water unless you're on foot. Why do you think um, the properties here and the developers here took a different direction? And rather than just building monolithic condo towers, why they, you know, why, why has that worked here?
1: Well, I think one definitely has to credit um, Robert Davis and DPZ for really seeing the absolute jewel that this could become in terms of I think the it was understood that people wanted a um, they, they wanted to be able to come and continue to vacation here and they wanted mixed use. They wanted to be able to kind of forget about their car and um, go about their daily needs as much as they could, shop if they could, eat if they could, and enjoy that. So the idea of creating small clusters of denser neighborhoods, which has two effects. Number one, as a resident or a guest or an owner, you can go to a multitude of different restaurants and you can walk there or bike there, which is wonderful. The other benefit it had is that it preserves large tracts of undeveloped land that can remain undeveloped. We have such a pristine environment here with our forests and our lakes and our um, uh, natural paths. And I think Walton County and the Board of County Commissioners and the planning board and all of that were good to think about that because as we know we have about 40% of land that's deeded, to conservation to remain that way in perpetuity forever. That works really well when you can have smaller clusters of more densely populated areas. And so the idea of doing both is great, if, but if everybody insisted on wanting their half acre or their three quarters of an acre, we would never have had the environment we have here. Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: I think it started with DPZ and Robert Davis, and um, a lot of other people have taken their cues from that and have further developed that. and. We all get to enjoy it. I tend to think of 30A as a linear town, not so much about you know Alice or Rosemary or Draper Lake or Water Sound or Watercolor and, and Seaside. It's just, you know, you go in and out of these different neighborhoods and then in between you have these beautiful pockets that hopefully can continue to be preserved because it's what makes it really beautiful. And then in those areas you do get to glimpse the water, but certainly in the, in the communities here, Watercolor, Water Sound, Rosemary, Alice, you get to catch glimpses of the water and you don't have, it's seen as a more public, something to be enjoyed by the public, not only by the people who are living here.
0: One of the the benefits, one of the perks of your job, in addition to just being able to hang out in a place like Fonville Press, where we are here today in Alice Beach, is that you get to travel a little bit and, and study architecture abroad because obviously um, they want that otherworldly feel that you get when you're in Alice Beach. And I know you've traveled to, say, Morocco and, and you just got back from cuba
1: we were in havana yes
0: and so and so was it strictly an academic uh, uh a trip i mean to go down and study architecture or
1: no it was more i mean it was certainly more about fun but like every architect will tell you um you all of your visits tend to be tied to things that are in you and that interest you right so um we went with actually with tommy crow who had put together a, a, a tour and had come back absolutely enchanted with cuba and we were drilling him about it one day and told him he needed to do it again so that we could go. And um, he put together a group and, w- and we went and it was a, it was concentrating on architecture and art and photography and music and food. And so um, I would say that a large part of our enjoyment of being here and working at Alice, because we really do love it, is also knowing that we have the opportunity to escape to other places, to cities. Mm. It would be... Um, it, it makes it just that much more enjoyable to come back to the quietness here but sometimes the quietness is a little too quiet and so you crave seeing what other cities are doing other trends in design and um and uh havana obviously was particularly interesting to us we've we had heard so many of our peers and colleagues go over the years it's a city that has consistently such great urbanism and still vestiges of what must have been just amazing streets and blocks and neighborhoods and to be able to see it was just such a treat to us Mm. Um, and it was, um, it exceeded our expectations.
0: And you're probably seeing it at a time when um, you know it's still relatively untouched I mean and I suspect we're about to see that change. You were also uh, in a place that uh, I visited which is uh, Myanmar and Burma, Um, again a place that. that was really closed off and so you're very fortunate to be able to see something. I think sometimes before it's become Westernized. So, uh, do you think that um, Cuba is about to change uh, dramatically, or do you think it's still uh, still going to be um, uh, in its current state for a while? I
1: think Cuba is about to change dramatically, from what I've been reading, and. I really hope that people like Andres, and a lot of other people from the faculty of Miami, and I'm sure other faculties as well, who have been going now for many, many years, have cultivated the kind of relationships they need with architects and planners down there to do whatever they can to preserve their heritage. It mm-hmm. would be such a shame to see that go away. Um, a tremendous amount of investment is gonna be needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly from what we could tell from the Cuban people is that they certainly recognize what they have. and. I'm hoping that it's going to be, it will be, they will see it as an opportunity, I think, to certainly pull themselves off and out of the the poverty that is there, but also see it as an opportunity to preserve their, their heritage, which is spectacularly beautiful.
0: So Alice Beach, I think a lot of people don't really understand the scope what is taking place here and the timelines i mean this is a very well thought out very long-term vision um Mm -hmm. you know alice beach i believe is 168 acres is that correct
1: 160 Mm
0: -hmm. and you compare sorry 158 160 and then you compare that to seaside's 80 acres so it's twice the size Of Seaside's footprint, it also is much larger than Rosemary Beach at uh, 107 acres, something like that. I think
1: 120 somewhere. Yeah, so
0: so it's 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 a sizable development. So what percentage are we are we right now? Would you estimate? I mean, are we 10 or 15 percent at this moment? we're
1: pushing 20. Okay, in terms of the projects, not only that have been completed, but those that are um, on our desk and about to be um, about to be started. So, yeah, I mean, I would tell you that the the family that owns this land and EBSCO as the corporation are committed to a long term vision. This is going to be a legacy project for them. And um, we are forever grateful, and I think I would say our owners are as well, that even in the very lean, difficult years, EBSCO stayed very committed to the vision and did not become any more austere. Certainly, there had to be we cut down on some of the projects that we had, but the ones that we did continue to push forward on we didn't cut back. They, they, we maintain the same quality of design and the same attention to detail that I think is, sets us um, apart. And they are committed to this vision in really for the long term. And mm. so I think we probably easily have another 20, 25 years ahead of us. And um, by all account, that's okay. And w- I, I, we would rather do things well and slowly and but be methodical and thoughtful um, in the planning of the projects and the execution of the project. It's a, It's a challenge to build here because of the conditions. We're building zero lot lines. In many cases, you have one path is inaccessible because it is along a pedestrian path. So you're asking builders to only work from one side of a house. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and at the same time, you're trying to maintain an environment that's going to be conducive to vacationers and that's going to be um, pleasant for sales who are constantly walking people through. So it's important that that balance be respected.
0: Well, outside of a uh, some Renaissance artists, I mean, not too many people sign on to a job that's got a forty-year you know, plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been here over 10 years. Um, uh, you know, do you see this being your career defining um, uh, achievement? Do you see this something that you're going to, you know, be here for the rest of your life? Or do you just don't know at this point or what? I mean, this is this is a this is a crown jewel, you know, on the Emerald Coast. And, and clearly, there's a long term vision here. I mean, uh, y- you've got to feel pretty connected to it.
1: We do. We feel connected to Alice in many, many different ways. We are... Um enormously grateful for the opportunities we've been afforded. Um, Like any architect will tell you, you want to see your projects get realized and you want to see your projects get built. And so we realized how fortunate we have been to um, have had a palette like Alice. And on so many different levels, work with so many skilled laborers and work with a construction company and other construction companies out there that are uh, phenomenal, have had the privilege to work with so many different architects, local and otherwise, who are also um, enormously talented, who contribute tremendously to the beauty that you see around here. And so this will be very, it'll be very hard to say goodbye to Alice.
0: Sure, sure. And hopefully you won't have to, but uh, it is a, it is a, is a, a magnificent achievement. And so a town architect, tell me, obviously Mm -hmm. most people probably have a basic understanding of what an architect does, Uh, you know, and I know that you and Eric design homes, Uh, you design Fonville Press, you design Kaliza um which are some of the public amenities here in the town but tell me what is the difference between a town architect and an architect so in the day of a town architect what sorts of projects are you working on how does that how do you work with other architects
1: so a typical day and in, and in, in i'll talk right now about the the typical day in the office of the town architect and so the office of the town architect at alice beach is actually with six people in all so there's eric and i and then we have three Intern architects, uh, Johnson, Ortal, and Jason, who who work alongside with us, who help us execute every level of projects that we work on um, internally for EBSCO and for other clients. And then we have uh, Kendall Horn, who many of the locals know here, who's our landscape architect, who's been uh, on board with us almost since the very beginning. And so we see the job of the town architect as being one that is the keeper of the vision in a way. So whether we represent the developer and in terms of architects he may hire to do different projects or um, individual homeowners, we make sure that there is adherence to the design code Mm -hmm. and that um, architects manage that as well as they possibly can. So there's... um, a design code as you know that's that's rigorous. It's uh it's an urban code and an architectural code and a landscape code and a sustainability code and a construction guideline code. It is an organic document. Many people tend to think that it's fixed in time never to change. And of course it changes and it always evolves with time and we want to reserve the right to learn from lessons and mistakes and opportunities that we see that we didn't necessarily conceive of when the document was first written. Other architects who work on projects bring to our attention things that we need to consider, so we're constantly, thought we try to be thoughtful about it, but making changes to the design code. Um, and then internally, our day is not only spent obviously reviewing projects that other architects will submit to us on behalf of their clients for single-family lots, but we have been, we've been responsible for most of the public buildings that you see here, the the greens and the like, and and the parks, our office. And um, so we do a lot of that, and then we do a lot of working with the different teams at Alice Beach. So we stay, obviously, very involved and connected with sales to help them with different programs that they may have, like the Somerset Home program, which we launched a couple of years ago, which has been really successful. Um, We work with our recreations team to figure out what the next level of amenities are going to be. We work with... Um, infrastructure to make sure that that is thoughtfully planned and executed and we have a great team there as well that manages that and so you know the office of the town architecture touches a lot of things and, we, and for us it's important because we believe that that attention to detail from the macro from the urbanism down to the micro to the color of grout matters and mm-hmm. so um, we feel fortunate that we're able to have a hand in shaping sure. that.
0: So you've obviously uh, traveled the world. Um, You you came out of Miami, which has a very cosmopolitan scene and all that. And then you end up in this uh, sleepy little village, I would say less sleepy perhaps than it was uh, 12 years ago when you arrived. What would you like to see in the future of 30A? Not just Alice Beach specifically, but what do you think 30A is either missing or what do you think 30A would benefit from seeing, you know, kind of over the next 10 or 12 years?
1: I would love to see Walton County benefit from an overall comprehensive vision. I mean, I think I, we see the controversy that has arisen out of a number of smaller things and we're aware of other smaller ones here and there. And And I think it would be wonderful to see the county take an interest in preserving what we have here to make sure that it's not completely lost. And and it's very easy to see that completely lost, especially in a market that's very, very good when um, uh, real estate prices go bonkers again. And it's easy to see how that can take over. And this is such a unique and beautiful place that I want to make sure that the natural environment is protected and and conserved, but that what is actually built can also be as high a standard as we can do um, to give this area justice. Yeah. Would love to see... Um, more public transportation options, but I don't know how viable that is if, without either making more connections to 98 from 30A as we get ready to embark on uh, spring break and I realize how difficult it's going to be getting yeah. my daughter every day at Seaside. Right. <laughs> um,
0: well, I think one of the things that makes uh, the communities magical in a lot of ways is the thoughtfulness and the planning and the design. So when you have Rosemary Beach and Alice Beach and, and Seaside and Watercolor, the reason those communities um I think have been so successful is because of the attention to design Mm -hmm. and what you're really suggesting is that there needs to be a broader plan that links the entire um, area together that puts as much thought into the interconnectivity of these areas is that right
1: and then also even from a design perspective you know what's viable and what's not viable
0: signage and whether
1: it is signage whether it's it yeah it's always tied to all of that um I think we are so far ahead right now where we were 10 years ago, but there's still also room for improvement in terms of bringing culture here, whether it's uh, the 30A Songwriters Festival or whether it's digital graffiti or the wine festivals and all that, all of that's wonderful. And I would love to see that type of program grow to continue to attract people. Mm-hmm. Let's make this, this as desirable a place as it is for Miami, let's say, to get, to get people mm-hmm. to Miami. Um, we still need more options in terms of flights. Mm-hmm. And so, I'd love to see the airports get more engaged in more direct flights to more locations. I think it would continue to attract people. But when you do that, comes a burden of making sure that the infrastructure can take it, that the uh, restaurant, the food, and beverage um, organizations along here can take it, and that our beaches can take it. And so, um, I think the the you know growth is coming whether we like it or not and development will happen whether we like it or not and so whatever we can do to manage that development and make it truly spectacular I think is is well worth the effort and and we have so much local talent here there's so many architects and engineers and planners who live here locally who have embraced living here locally who could contribute to the discussion and so I would love to see that happen.
0: Well, thank you, Marianne. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure to have you on the show, thank and you, um, Mike. you know, uh, I, I now have a cigar that has been hand uh, <laughs> rolled in Cuba and yes. brought to me a cohiba here, and I'm going to sit here in the uh, lovely outdoor space and enjoy my beautiful Cuban cigar, which I thank you for. And um, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, Alice Beach is an extraordinary development, and I think that anyone who's been here realizes how magical it is, and ultimately how connected uh, you and Eric are to the area. And, and we appreciate it because, uh, again, there would, there could easily have been a decision to just throw up condo towers um, or goofy golf and water slides. And, and instead, uh, the developers have taken a very thoughtful approach to development here. And that's what makes 30A so special. And so we uh, applaud you guys for uh, helping set those uh, trends and pioneering that pattern.
1: Well, I thank you, Mike. You know what? I mean, it's interesting that you said that because I was reminded this weekend that I was um, telling other members of the team with the 30A wine festival that we just had, I got to enjoy it from the outside, looking in, and I'm aware of how what you see is the effort of, I don't know how many dozens and dozens, you know, we have 140 people working at Alice, and so there's a lot of invisible hands at work as well, and so um, it is the work of a lot, a lot of people who make this really amazing, whether it's our event team or recreation or IT or maintenance, there's a lot of hands that go into that. and. Um, we are excited because Town Center is about to get going as well. And that's going to be uh, spectacular.
0: Another huge milestone. Yeah. Thank you, Marianne, uh, Corey Vote for uh, joining us today. And uh, we'll see you soon. Dawn Patrol, presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge, with properties in Rosemary Beach, Seacrest, Seagrove, Seaside, and Watercolor. Unpack, relax, and forget where you're from. 38cottages.com.